Hey everybody, Todd Dills here, your host as usual for this Overdrive Radio podcast, dropping to the feed November 17th, 2023, and then at the world-famous overdriveonline.com the 20th. This one features an informative look at persnickety emission systems in 2010 and later trucks, with new actionable steps owner-operators and small fleets can take to guard against some of the very most common issues seen. Primary voice here? It's none other than T.A. Petro, Truck Service Vice President, Homer Hogg, who presented this talk at the National Association of Small Trucking Companies annual conference a couple weeks back. Hogg surveyed the three leading all-model diagnostic equipment providers and asked for data on fault codes seen over the course of recent history and analyzed those codes to determine the five biggest parts of the trucks those codes were related to. Here's Homer Hogg setting the stage for the results. After treatment is number one and I'll prove that here in a minute. I'm gonna give you an overview and the operation of the system that's given us the most trouble, okay? Where you're likely spending the most money right now. And then I'm gonna give you some diagnostic steps and hopefully before we get out of here, we'll have enough time because I have a slide that I entitled, Do This Right Now. So what should you be doing if I were you? What would I be doing when I went home? Maybe even before I got home. Yeah, that's right. After treatment is number one, as you guessed it. And as you'll hear throughout the presentation, it's number one by a long shot. Is it any wonder the popularity of so-called emissions delete kits? A member of the audience asked about such things near the end of the presentation, and Homer Hogg's response to the question, though, bears emphasizing here up top for anyone in the audience who may have pondered or been approached about such a delete. Yeah, I... Listen, we're going to run out of time, but I have lots I can say about that. Do not do it. Okay, I've got three minutes. I've got a friend of mine right now sitting at a dealer here locally. It's it's ironic in Nashville, Tennessee. He's a little east of here. He's sitting in a dealership. He's got an engine problem, and they're telling him it's some after-treatment stuff. They found out he's got a delete kit, and they told him come tow their tr- this truck out of their shop. And he says, but I need it fixed. They said, we'll be glad to fix it. But number one is we're going to get your truck back into compliance. They are, the EPA will issue you a fine and they are not ashamed to do it. Not only will they issue you a fine, they'll issue a fine to that servicing network and they could issue one to that technician as well. And so we are very clear in our network to our technicians. If you want to work here, don't do that. Right, because we're not going to take your truck out of, uh, we're not going to move your truck into a violation position to protect you and to protect us. So I will tell you, I will never advocate, as much as now, for the record, I do not like this system. <laughs> okay, the, the engine runs much better without it, but you can't hardly do it today. It's illegal, it's putting too much at risk. And it's also putting your engine at risk in many ways. Because if you don't do that delete kit right, you'll do more harm than good. On the other side of a break for a word from Overdrive Radio's sponsor, we'll jump right in with TA Petro Truck Service Vice President Homer Hogg about just what he does recommend owner-operators do to better delete emission system issues without deleting the system itself. Keep tuned. 
Stop fuel from gelling this winter with Howe's Diesel Treat, North America's number one trusted anti-gel. Right now, you need Howe's Diesel Treat more than ever, not only to keep your gel free, but to fight the shortcomings of today's ULSD by adding vital lubricity, removing water, and preventing deposits. The only guaranteed anti-gel on the market, Diesel Treat also boosts fuel economy and improves performance. This winter, do yourself a favor and add Howe's Diesel Treat at every fill-up. Visit HowesProducts.com for more information. That's H-O-W-E-S, houseproducts.com. Now, here's Homer Hogg setting us up. And so here's the data. You might want to take a picture of this. If you want to come up and get closer, you can. I'll walk you through this. So the top five are going to be on your far right. The one that covers the most surface area is going to be emissions. I have 57%. I think that number is larger because I took out some of the noise because I just didn't have time to dig into those that were on the, on, on the edge, right? Because I just couldn't conclude what those codes were. I can tell you, I think that number is closer to 60%. So what does that mean? That means 60% of the codes that are causing your lights on your dash to come on are emissions related. After that, you have electrical and lights, believe it or not. But it's so far down the list. There's a huge difference between 57% and 15%. But number two on the list was electrical and lights. Number three was radar systems. Your trucks are starting to get more and more radar type devices on them. And then we have engine severe, about 4% of them are codes that are somewhat, sometimes manufacturer code specific, but they say engine severe, and I won't get into those today. We don't really have time for that. And then finally, the last 2% in the top five were HVAC, which I found to be fascinating to tell you the truth. We didn't even look at your models. It's just in the last year, trucks that had the light come on, right? We didn't discriminate against any brand, uh, any age. You know, I have all kinds of data, right? This is just, okay, I got 40 minutes. I got to say, okay, where can I get the value out of these 40 minutes? And, and I'm going to hit you with it best I can. So, so... I've got some good news and I've got some not so good news. The good news is the majority of the codes were similar to this, right? And I went, so this SPN521049 with FMI31, that is very, very common code. Uh, that's only one manufacturer's way of presenting that code, but it doesn't matter the manufacturer, they all have similar type codes. Right? That's not even that important right now. What is important with this slide is about three things. So here we go. I'm going to read what's in the top box. Now, I took this right out of the service uh, software. So on the software, it gives you diagnostic steps based on the codes, okay? So I went into the software and just took an extraction out of there. And I'm going to read it to you. Are you ready for this? It says, this code sets when there is a code present for diesel exhaust fluid, DEF, tank level, DEF dosing unit, DEF pump, NOx sensors, block DEF line, DEF quality, NOx efficiency, selective catalyst reduction, SCR harness, and RSCR sensor. Now imagine that you have this work order and somebody has sent you out to fix this truck. You're looking at this manufacturer like you lost your mind, right? So you're telling me this code comes on when anything happens in the air treatment system. Yes, that's what happens. 
So we have to be able to narrow this down and, and get a little more information. So here's my point here. The code only gives you limited information on where to start this process. So if you have technicians that are working on this, you can't say, here's the code, go fix the truck. Because they're going to get this stuff right here. Right? Here's what else I want, to, I want you to understand. At some point in time, if you don't respond to this, if you have drivers, you want to have this dialogue with me. At some point in time, and I know you're going to ask me, well, when? I don't know when. It depends on the age of the truck. It depends on the severity of the code. But at some point in time, if you don't do something about this, you're going to get a 25% D-rate. Okay? And if you don't respond to that, you could get a more aggressive D-rate. And if you don't respond to that, you could get damage to components or you, you're probably going to get a shutdown. Okay? But here's the deal. Every time it goes to the next level, it costs you more in most cases. So what's my point? You can't let these lights stay on and not react to them. Time is not on your side. And so what do you do? I'm glad you asked me. At the bottom left, everybody see what it says? It says verification. So the manufacturer is saying, here's what you do. You do a part SCR efficiency test for extended SCR faults. You do a high idle regeneration if you have a DPF or a NOx fault. So don't worry about that, but here's what I need you to be concerned about. There are two tests you have to run. You're not really going to be able to run those without diagnostic software properly and a technician that knows how to use it. Okay? And so, so if when you get the majority of the lights, you're going to need some assistance. Uh, what's the note at the bottom say? Anybody read that? Do not clear the codes. And you're going to see in a second why. Because the tendency of a lot of people is, I can know how to make it go away, right? I clear the codes, and then perhaps, <laughs> I know somebody's laughing, because I don't know how many, I know how many of you guys do that, because I see it all the time, right? Because it comes in, and somebody's already cleared the codes, and now they say, we want you to fix the truck. And I'm going to say, what happened to the codes? And I'm going to show you why I need them. Do not clear those codes. We need that info to properly diagnose the problem. Why? If no other reason, because of this box right here, it could be anything that's in the system. So we use the additional codes to understand and chart the correct path that we have to take. If not, we're just flipping a coin and guessing where to go. All right, let's dig into this. Everybody okay? All right, you guys ready for a headache? You can come on up if you like. All right, here's, here's what you're up against. Here's the system, I don't care whose truck you have, it's gonna be pretty similar to this right. So on the left-hand side, you've got an engine. At the very top, the blue stuff up there, that is your charge air cooler. Are you with me? Everybody good? Obviously, we see the turbo on the right. This thing in the center, this front-looking thing right here, is gonna be your diesel particulate filter. Everybody loves that DPF and a regen, right? Anybody in here love a regen? That's what I figured, hardly nobody. It costs time, it costs money. Okay. You got your DPF, and then when you get down here to the end, you've got another funny looking acronym, call it SCR. That's your, your Selective Catalyst Reduction System, or that's why we have DEF on a truck. All right, now let me show you how this works. So when your engine is running, you've got fuel and air in there, you're creating what we used to know as black soot. Right, we used to love that stuff, going down the road. I'm an old dude, I don't look old, do I, Lise? Don't answer that. I don't look at old, 
But I remember the black suits. And we used to love that stuff, right? And, uh, in fact, we would do things intentionally to get more of it. Don't tell the EPA. Anybody from the EPA in here? Might be. I better watch what I say. But uh, we used to do that intentionally and let that black smoke. And in fact, if we were really good, we got flames to come out of those pipes as well. We don't do that stuff anymore, by the way. Don't do that. But your engine doesn't know it's a new engine. So inside of that engine, it's still creating that black soot. It hasn't gone anywhere. It's the same diesel fuel. Well, not really the same diesel fuel, but it's still burning diesel fuel. And it's still generating black soot and smoke. But there's a way that we're preventing that smoke from hitting the atmosphere. Okay? So you create that black smoke in that engine. You also create something else called oxides of nitrogen. NOx is what most people know it as. NOx. And so that's the bad stuff. If you ever come across the hill in LA and you start to go down, what do you see? That's right, nothing. Because <laughs> you can't see the city a lot of the times. I've been across that hill many times, and when you drop down off in there, where, I know there's a city down there somewhere because you're seeing smog. And a lot of that are oxides of nitrogen, not good stuff. Okay? And so we got we to treat both of those things. So you're with me? In the after treatment, we're trying to deal with two things. Particulate matter, that's black soot. Oxides of nitrogen, that's the bad stuff in the air that's really causing a lot of health problems. Okay, we've got to treat that. And we have legal reasons to treat it because the government requires us to do that. So we're going to treat the black soot in this device right here and in this system. This is our DPS system, diesel particular. So we go in there with the black soot and we go in there with the knots. And really all you have on the front of it, if you were to open this up, it looks like a big honeycomb in there. It's just like a, a catalytic converter on your car. There's a big old ugly looking thing that's got precious metals on it. And when you put, uh, in fact, this thing, I love this thing right here, by the way. This doser, because all this is, Dave, is a way for us to inject raw diesel fuel right into exhaust. It makes a flamethrower. I wish we could open that up and drive that truck down the road like that. Right, don't do that, by the way, because you're going to burn your truck down. So don't say that that Homer Hogg, a TA, told me to do that. But that would be interesting to see what that looked like on the track somewhere. But all we're doing is injecting raw diesel into a hot exhaust to raise the temperature up so we can take any leftover fuel, which is black smoke, and turn it to ash. Right? That's all we're really trying to do. We do that in the front with this funny-looking device called a DOC. After it leaves that, it should be gray-looking ash that's much smaller. And we trap it in something called a DPF. Just think of a big old brick that's got holes drilled in it. Okay? So the smoke goes in, goes through the sides of the brick. The brick traps it, and it can't come out the other side because it's not open. So it doesn't let the particulate matter come out. That's all that's going on in there. That thing's giving us fits. Anybody had to do a regen in the last six months? Raise your hand. Had any of your drivers had to do a regen in the last six months? Probably most of you, most likely. Anybody who's, who's driving local, you're driving heavy loads, you're in a lot of mountain terrains, you're probably regening, and hopefully you don't cuss, but if you do, you're probably doing a lot of it, okay? Because you probably gonna have to stop your truck, you, you gotta make a, a load, and, and you're having to wait. Right? You don't really have a choice. We're not really. And so then we, we do it, we do our thing, get rid of the black smoke, but we still gotta deal with the knocks. So we leave there, and then we go down into this next system. Here's the tank you're putting DEF in. 
And DEF is urea. We're going to talk about that in a minute, right? So now we got to treat NOx. So we go down, we inject DEF into the system. That all of that now goes into this secondary catalyst system, this selective catalyst system. I'm not going to get too much into chemistry. But inside of there, we've got the urea, we've got the oxides of nitrogen, and we've got another catalyst in there. It heats all that up and chemically it starts separating it. And when we finish coming out of the exhaust, you've got water and you've got nitrogen. Harmless, nothing to it. That's what comes out of exhaust. Or let's say that's what should come out of exhaust. That's not happening, which is why the light's coming on. Are you with me? So a couple reasons why your light's coming on. We're going to get in detail here in a minute. But either the sensors that are over here in this DPF, they don't like what they see, or the sensors that are here in this secondary catalyst, they don't like what they see. These doggone sensors. When this system is working properly, we have taken these trucks, put it in a room. Like a, uh, we've done it in a, in hotels. You're not supposed to do that, so don't tell nobody. We've done it in hotel rooms, not a hotel room, but in the convention centers, right? They got these rooms. We put trucks in there, close the door, and start them, and just let them run. Right? Not an issue. Don't do that, okay? Because and don't tell somebody I told you to go do that. But to Dave's point, what's coming out of the exhaust, if it's working properly? is much cleaner than anything we've ever seen. So this particular system, by the way, does work. But it's some timing. <laughs> it's got a mind of its own, and it's when it's not working when we have a problem. So at right now, today, for sure, in the last 12 months, 57% of the time, now those lights come on your dash, it's because something went awry in the system. And so I know what it is, and I'm going to help you with it. So my job today is to help you keep your truck moving. And what can you do right now to keep your truck moving up and down the highway? Diesel exhaust fluid, I'd say by now most people know what it is. It's about 32.5% or so of urea, um, ammonia, nitrate, right? I'm an old farm boy, so we used to have it in little white beads and dropped it. We had to use the old school spreaders that dropped it down the bottom, right? So we dropped a lot of ammonia nitrate on fields. Uh, mix that with water, and it's a clear liquid, it's non-toxic, and it's also biodegradable. Uh, if you're interested in how much it weighs, fairly heavy, 9.2 pounds a gallon. Here's very important, it will freeze at 12 degrees. In fact, there's a heater system built into it that we have to maintain. Sometimes it's a problem. We've got coolant coming into that system through a tube system to try to keep it thawed out and keep it at the right temperature. Uh, but it will freeze on you. Don't worry about it. It doesn't hurt it to freeze. right? It'll thaw out and go right back to working, but it will freeze on you, so that's something we have to be aware of. Um, I'm not going to get too much in this. The, the pH levels, You kind of. I thought I'd do something kind of fun, and uh, Coca-Cola is, is pretty acidic. It's sitting down here about 2, 3 on the pH scale. Uh, DEF is sitting over here. It's alkaline. See, what's the difference? Well, if you slept like a lot of us did in chemistry class, you don't really care, right? Because you had something else on your mind. But when you when you when you're in chemistry class, they look at that opposite poles of that, acidics and alkaline. Why do I need to know that? Well, the reason you need to know it is right here. Acidic corrosion can result in rusting. 
alkaline corrosion will give you pitting. So I can look at the type of damage and tell what's on that metal. You see, it's important to note, if you've got metal issues, chrome issues, you need to figure out where that's coming from. If you've got some vapor coming out of one of your lines or somewhere out of your after treatment system, you need to know uh, what's causing it, but we can look at the metal. And if we know what we're doing, we can pretty much tell you what, where it's coming from. So that, that might help you down the road. Um, okay, so let's get into it. I'm gonna spend the rest of my time talking about what we can do. What can you do that's gonna help you? So if you're not familiar with these, um, DEF quality is one of the main reasons why that light comes on. It's because in the, at the end of that SCR, there's a knock sensor, an outlet knock sensor. Now, we have to determine whether the sensor's bad, which by the way, Dave, sometimes they are. Those sensors are in a very unfriendly environment. Right? And, and I'm telling you, you're gonna see on my last slide, they are not cheap, by the way. And so it can be a sensor or it could be the sensor's telling you the truth. If the sensor's sending information back to the after treatment computer, and by the way, the truck has an ACM on it, and that's an after treatment computer. It's got its own computer to manage that system, that after treatment system, to look at the information coming over on those sensors, to look at the pressure information that's coming over. It's managing the pump. It's doing a lot of, a lot of things but there's a computer in there. That computer is taking information and then it's communicating that to the operator of that vehicle. Are you with me? Everybody good with that? All right, so you've got DEF quality issues that we're seeing and we're seeing quite a few of them. Let me ask you a question. Anybody have a gallon of DEF in a truck right now? Raise your hand. Anybody got a gallon of DEF? Got a gallon at home? In jugs, five gallon jug? I love this car. Because let me tell you about those gallons. And by the way, I'm finding them in trucks, so I'm glad it's not in any of your trucks. We're finding gallon jugs in trucks, and they've been in there over a year. And they're wondering why they're getting DEF quality lights. This stuff has a shelf life. It's not gonna survive in your cargo box in Dallas, Texas in the middle of summer and expect a year later it's gonna be effective. It's just not going to be, okay? It's got DEF in there, urea in there, and it's got water in there. Guess which one's gonna evaporate first, right? So now your percentage is off, and that knock sensor, which I don't like that joker, but that knock sensor at the end of that SCR knows the difference. So it's gotta take a reading, and by the way, that knock sensor has to be calibrated to the EPA standard. Are you with me? Not only to the manufacturer and what the manufacturer needs to say that system is operating properly, but it also has to be calibrated to what the EPA requires as emission levels coming out. Everybody with me on that? Okay. So that it could be when that sensor is telling the computer I have a problem that you've got a quality problem. Uh, Dave and Turby talked about this a little bit today, but there's something called ammonia slip. All that simply means when we say a urea, we're really talking about, let's just call it ammonia for now, or it turns into ammonia. If ammonia gets through that SCR device, that sensor picks it up, we call it slip. It's slipping through. That shouldn't happen, right? So ammonia slip is a problem. Water poisoning is a problem. If you get too much water vapor in that system, the water vapor will actually damage the sensor, your knock sensor. It'll damage your knock sensor. And you have, uh, so you'll end up with sensor damage. 
You've got a filter in there. I'm, I'm shocked. This happens to us regularly in our network. When we are doing a PMI on a truck and we ask the customer about, do you need your DEF filter changed? They said, what DEF filter? Duh. How long do you have that truck? <laughs> they don't even realize there's a DEF filter on it. It's out of sight and it can be out of mind. So if you don't know you've got a DEF filter, you need to figure that out. And by the way, I would love, so I know what you're going to ask me, right? Well, when do I need to change it? I see service manuals, and by that I mean service literature because we don't use manuals anymore, that go anywhere from 200,000 all the way up to 500,000 and everything in between. So the manufacturers haven't agreed upon it. So you need to look at your specific truck and determine what the manufacturer is telling you you need to do with your filter and get it changed on time. It's going to help you. Foreign liquids in the exhaust. I won't tell you everything that we found in DEF tanks. Some are just disgusting, right? I'm just telling you, we find everything. We have test kits for the DEF. You don't want contamination in that tank, right? We want what's supposed to be in there. We want water and we want uh, product, right? Urea. Uh, so foreign liquids in the exhaust. But here's what we see mostly. mostly. We see internal oil, coolant, and fuel leaks. So let's stop right here. This is going to save you a lot of dollars, a lot of time. If you are noticing that you have coolant disappearing, but you don't have external coolant leaks, you need to get in a hurry and find those. Because if it's an internal leak and it's going into your exhaust system and it makes its way into the exhaust system, bad, bad things happen. Those things cost you five zeros at least, maybe more, to get those things fixed. You do not want coolant hitting or oil or fuel hitting your DPF. And God forbid it slips by that and gets into your SCR. So we've got to find leaks. We can't do what we did in the old days. We just keep topping off and rolling, right? You, I'm sorry. Don't do that. Find, find you some place <laughs> to get that. Correct. All right. All right. So I just kind of, I might get a little too deep here. If I do, just kind of throw something at me. But I want to show you what this looks like for real. Okay. So what you have here on the far left is a dirty uh, NOx sensor. All right. Are you with me? Uh, our injector, NOx doser. We'll get to the sensor in a minute. A dirty NOx doser. In the middle is a clean one. <laughs> I want you to absorb that for a minute. Okay. The one on the left, it's got, you can't really see it maybe at a distance, but it's got white powder on it, built up, it's crystallizing. That happens whether you want it to or not. Okay. So the manufacturer will tell you when the light comes on and you get certain codes, you need to have that thing pulled out and clean. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You need to figure out on your truck and your operation how you need to maintain that. If you want to save yourself some trouble, do this intentionally. Bring it into your shop once a year. My bet for you is twice a year if you're having this problem. Have somebody pull this thing out and clean it and stick it back in. Clean it, stick it back in. You're going to be amazed at uh, how few check engine lights you're going to see if you do that. I'm not charging you that for that, Dave. I don't know if you're going to charge them for it, but I'm not charging you for that. But you're going to find that to be worth something to you. Just pull it out, inspect it, clean it, 
It should be clean. Because it has to not only inject, but it has to inject at the right pattern. Right? It's not enough for it to just be injecting. It has to be able to get the right pattern so that it get the right type of vapor getting into the system. And this is kind of what it looks like in the pipe. Because you won't see this, right? You see this kind of ugly looking stuff. I use a soft brass brush. That's what I use. I don't like soft, right? Yeah. I, I would I sometimes I might use some spray cleaner of some kind, but usually a soft brush and a rag. You just want to get that stuff off there, and it, a brush does a really good job. Soft brush does a good job. Now, when you're cleaning it, I caught a guy doing this one day. He was holding it over his fuel tank. What are you going to see in just a few months? You'll see pity, right? And you'll wonder where that's coming from. It's because you got a driver out there cleaning that thing. Right? He, he's smart enough to know I need to take it out and clean it, but it's falling on top of the tank. Okay, so to do diagnostics, we have to do a part SCR efficiency test. We have to do a high idle regen. Remember that top right box where we had all of those things that could be wrong? How we isolate the real problem is by performing these tests. Those tests will tell us what's wrong and what's not, right? Which component's still functioning properly and which one I need as a technician to go chase. Are right, with me? So we don't chase ghosts. We run these two tests, and I'm going to tell you right now, a good tech's going to be able to tell you. Uh, for example, if you run that efficiency test, somebody says, well, give me the number. Okay, you want a number? I'll give you one. It should be 95%. On a, on a new truck, it's going to be like 95% or better. But what's good or good, what's bad? It depends. If you have a 2010 EPA package, then you're talking about 80% or higher. If you're talking about 2014, and depending on the truck, you're talking about 85% or higher. So I can't give you, it's not that clear cut. <laughs> But just know if it's functioning properly and everything's good, you're in the high 90s. Your efficiency, it ought to be in the high 90s. Now, when does it fail? It depends on the year, depends on the manufacturer. Does that make sense? Okay. I wish I could give you a clear cut number. I'm just trying to give you some guidelines to work by. Right? So, but I think we're going to live with this for a while. Anyone bought a truck in the last five years? Yep. Last, so you're going to live with it a long time. <laughs> Right? Last three years. You show enough gonna live with it for a little while, right? And and so we're gonna have it for a few years to come, I think. I pulled this right out of the book. I went into the Detroit Service Information Bulletin that one of our techs would use if they had this problem. Okay. This is the exact first part of the procedure. So what does it tell you? It says check as follows. It says connect diagnostic equipment. Well, okay. <laughs> So we connect our tool. So if you don't have that, I'm not sure what you're going to be able to do. You got to have some kind of diagnostic equipment. You got to have that. Uh, turn the ignition key on. Keep the engine turned off. So we're not going to start the engine. Check the ACM software level. So we're going to have to find out what the after treatment computer has as the level of software and compare that to what the manufacturer says they should have. So by the way, most of the time when we're doing this, we're live online. So we're hooked on wireless so that we're bouncing against some database that gives us the most recent version of that software. That makes sense most of the time. Uh, if you're using online service literature, it usually has it right in there. The service literature will say you should have 1.01.923.007. And you just compare your software with that. And if it's out of date, a lot of times you just do the update, light goes out. 
Oftentimes, if you do that update, you can go on down the big road and keep on trucking. So we got to find that out right away. If it is, we go right to step number four. Number four says check for emission, uh, other emission-related fault codes. Here we go. We were asked that question earlier. Now the technician is told by the engineers, are there any other emission-related codes? Here's why they're asking the tech to do that, right? Are there, are there any selective catalyst reduction or DPF-related fault codes, right? If there are, go fix those, <laughs> right? That, that's how we deprioritize. And what we will do is based on count. So if one, if it's seen, if the computer has seen one of those 50 times and one of them two, guess which one we're gonna go chase? Okay, does that make sense? And you kinda gotta use logic as you go through there. But that particular portion of the diagnostic routine will typically solve your problem. So if I were you, what would I do right now? A few things. What, what, what is that, sell the truck? Hey, well, I'm not going to say I wouldn't have a pre-2004 emission package, though. I, I might, right? but that's just me. But get your DEF dose of service at least annually. Right? So learn how to do it yourself. Get somebody to do it. It's not that difficult. The hardest part is once you do it a time or so, then it comes apart easier. Right? And so once, once you get accustomed to it, not that much to it, get it cleaned, get it put back in. That alone will save you a lot of downtime. Change your DEF when your manufacturer tells you to. Okay, I would like to give you a time, but I can't because it is raw. We have to look it up every time when you come into our network. But change your DEF filter, and if yours has not been changed, <coughs> listen, I'm telling you, not only does it turn your light on, but it starves your pump. Okay, are you with me on this? So when you starve a pump over time, it will damage that pump. So we don't want that pump to be starved, okay? Uh, train drivers to maintain a clean room of sort for DEF. I'm gonna be as nice as I can about this, but there are certain things that don't go in that tank. <laughs> um, so we have to have a clean room mentality around that DEF tank. So before we take the cap off, What's around the cap? Is there dirt built up? Is there snow and ice built up? We can't just quickly reach in there and take that tank off, that cap off and get to putting DEF in there. We have to have the mentality that I only want good, current, quality DEF in that tank. It'll save you a lot of time and trouble. And I guess I just might as well go ahead and say it because I just get myself in trouble all the time. Please. Let's not find urine in the tank anymore, okay? I'm just going to leave it at that, okay? And you say, well, how can we find that way more than we should? Okay, so let's keep these tanks clean. Um, dirt, water, snow and ice that falls in there, we have to stop those kinds of things, right? And certainly... Unfortunately, find a lot of diesel in there. You can imagine, right? We have found, found gasoline. Of course, when you find gasoline, you don't have to worry. The truck didn't go very far. Okay, knock sensors are expensive. Several hundred bucks if you buy them locally and you've got a really good deal. Okay. 
Imagine what that same knot sensor cost 1,500 miles away in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night. Okay. So they are very expensive normally. If the unit breaks down, you're probably going to have a tow. You're probably going to have upcharges that you, you shouldn't be trying to put in your maintenance cost. Right? So run a knot sensor efficiency test and use those results to determine what to do. A good technician, take it to you. I'm, you might say, I don't want to do this. Schedule it into your dealer somewhere. Schedule it into a good shop that you trust and let them run this test and let them review the results with you. You'd be shocked what you'll learn. And they'll give you issues that are about to occur that'll keep you from breaking down. Learn to do it yourself if you've got diagnostic equipment. Get better at this. I would, if, if you tell me there's 60% of where I'm spending my money is in this area, I'm telling you, I'm about to get smarter about this. We do this every day. Um, there are many fleets that figure this out. And that truck can't get back in their shop. They bring it to us because they know we know how to do this. And it's not that. It's not. I would like to say it's rocket science. It's really not. To do this test takes maybe 15 minutes. Uh, uh, if we got to go into the DF side, then you know some DF test is going to run 30, the regen is going to run 30, 45 minutes. But usually to do any of the repairs, an hour, right? To do anything, we got to take the knock sensor out, got to let it cool. And so for a bit of a recap, when the dashboard lights up, don't clear those codes. Clean that DEF doser once a year, at least. Change your DEF filter when your manufacturer tells you to. Keep on a clean room approach around the DEF tank, particularly when you're pumping it in. Keep efficiency tests in mind to periodically examine the system and don't delete it if you want qualified mechanics to be able to help you work on it. Big thanks to Homer Hogg for walking us through it and to Nastic, our Small Fleet Champ program sponsor, for hosting him this year at the annual conference here in Nashville. I'll post links to other emission systems tips we've compiled through the years in the show notes wherever you're listening. Overdrive Radio is on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn, most any platform. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and if you're enjoying these, leave us a rating or review there. Appreciate that for sure. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American truck. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker-songwriter Long Haul Paul Marhofer. The theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marhofer, featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Lamech, Terry Two Socks Richardson on bass, keys by Tishomingo Jim Whitehead, and on drums, Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor, Matt Cole, Executive Editor Alex Lockie and Video Editors Lawson Rudisell and Andrew Gwynn. See you next time.